0: Play the movie. yeah. play. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Milk Movies Podcast. Today's episode comes a day later than it usually would, obviously I mentioned last week, that I'd be going on a little bit of a vacation, taking some time off, and the episode would be delayed. I was thinking that the episode was going to be delayed until way later in the week or absolute worst case. It wouldn't come out at all. And just the following week, I would catch up on two weeks worth of stuff. But here I am. Vacation got cut short uh, due to some inclement weather. So here I am. I would usually be asleep right now, but I'm recording. So be it. Not an issue. I like doing this. So I'm happy to be here. Um, Not a ton of news today either. So hopefully I'm able to kind of fly through it and uh, get to bed. And get you guys on with your day. Uh, but we're going to kick it off with some news that Adam Driver will be starring in Sony's sci-fi thriller 65 from directors Scott Beck and Brian Woods and producer Sam Raimi. If you're not familiar with those names, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who wrote for A Quiet Place, uh, they will write this original film, but the plot details haven't been released. So... Um, We're just kind of going off of the fact that we got some great people attached to this. Obviously, Adam Driver, probably best known for his role as Kylo Ren in the Star Wars sequels. Uh, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, as I just mentioned, worked on A Quiet Place with John Krasinski and Sam Raimi. If you're not familiar with him, he is probably the one who gets the most credit or not probably he just does get the most credit for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies that came out in the early 2000s. And then he just recently, a few months ago now, took over for Scott Derrickson, on the next uh, iteration of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So really good names attached to it. Again, if it's a sci-fi thriller with those names, really looking forward to whatever they're able to put together. Whenever more plot details come out, I'll be sure to share it with you guys. Excited for whatever that is. Another project that I'm, got. there's a lot of, I don't have a ton of news, but just a lot of things that I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, so next up is Amazon Studios acquired the rights to Judy Wang's action comedy, Shelley. The story takes place a decade after an embarrassing prank, uh, excuse me, prom prank, runs Shelley Wheeler, played by Aquafina, out of town. The tone has been described as Mean Girls meets Barry. Now, I like Aquafina, and Karen Gillan is also going to star in this, so I like those two. But if you tell me that I'm going to get a movie where Mean Girls meets Barry, I am sold. I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like Mean Girls, and I have actually met a lot of people who tried to watch Barry and then bailed on it because the first few episodes, I don't want to say they're hard to get through, but it is a little bit of a slow burn, so I can understand that, but I promise, and this is also just a recommendation for watching Barry on HBO if you you need something to watch. If you get through those first few episodes, again, I know it's a little bit of a slow burn, super worth it. Once that show gets moving, so, so, so good. So if we're able to get Mean Girls and Barry in one movie with Aquafina and Karen Gillan, sold. Really don't even care what the actual plot is. Just really looking forward to that. Um, So again, that is Shelly starring Aquafina, Karen Gillan, Mean Girls meets Barry. Another one with a great comparison that I really hope they're able to embody this perfectly. And I think with the people attached, they should be able to do it. Jamie Foxx and Tiana Paris have joined John Boyega in Netflix's sci-fi mystery, They Cloned Tyrone. This one has been described as Friday meets Get Out, so you gotta love that. Uh, The story follows the investigation of eerie events, alerting them, them as those three that I mentioned earlier, to a conspiracy lurking beneath their hood. I mean, that just sounds fantastic. I've said it a million times on here that I don't always trust everything that Netflix puts out. They they do a really good job of getting casts together that people like, and it's usually things that people are going to watch, but then it's just, it's usually not worth it, and it sucks. So hopefully, hopefully, a movie that gets described as Friday meets Get Out with Jamie Foxx, Tiana Paris, and John Boyega, it's gotta work. Again, those three projects that I mentioned, really looking forward to them. They just gotta follow through. And it sounds like they have all the pieces there to make it happen, so I I really like all of those. And then before I get into uh, the trailer news and some other new projects, don't forget, again, I'm dropping this episode on Tuesday, usually drop it on Monday. The Dune trailer will be here on Wednesday. If you haven't gotten a chance to see Tenet in theaters yet, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, uh, if theaters aren't open by you, whatever the case may be, if you haven't gotten a chance to see the Dune trailer yet in theaters um, Wednesday, it will be available online. I will be sure to share it out. Um, I believe it's going to be like three and a half minutes. So we're getting a long trailer. I don't, I don't really know what to expect, honestly, but a three and a half minute trailer is a long trailer. So they got something cooking. We're we're pushing toward the finish line here. It's still expected to release in December at this point. I really don't think there's any reason to expect that it won't release at that time. Um, so expect a trailer, expect that in December, personally, really looking forward to it. Hopefully you guys are too. Uh, but moving on to some actual trailers now, Possessor, coming to theaters October 9th. This one stars Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and Sean Bean. Synopsis 4, Possessor, Voss is an agent for a secretive organization who uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, driving them to commit assassinations for the benefit of high-paying clients. But something goes wrong on a routine job and she soon finds herself trapped in the mind of a man whose appetite for violence rivals her own. This has a 93% from critics so far on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, We're about a month out from it releasing, so it's a little bit early. Maybe that could change. But that's good news. I I like the cast, Jennifer Jason Leigh, in any sort of kind of sci-fi movie. I really like that. Sean Bean. Gotta like Sean Bean. Um, It's really good. I, I... wouldn't say that i'm dying to see it or anything but it definitely looks like a movie that you're going to go in and see you're not going to have any lofty expectations and you're just going to be pleasantly surprised could be completely wrong the number of times that people have hated the reviews that critics give because obviously a 93 percent for critics could be at the inverse it could be a 39 for audiences who knows that's how it works like all the time but we'll see hopefully possessor is able to follow through and be just as good as the trailer lends it to believe lends it to seem i should say. And obviously with critics being high on it too, hopefully Possessor is as good as it seems October 9th. Uh, I don't really know how else to refer to this. I've been referring to this next trailer as the double duo release from Amazon Prime and Blumhouse. Um, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but a trailer did finally release for the four movies they will be releasing in October. Those four movies are The Lie and Black Box, which will be releasing on Amazon Prime on October 6th. Evil Eye and Nocturne are the other two. Those come on October 13th, so just a week later. They don't look good, and I did not expect them to. The trailer really didn't give us that much. But from what the trailer did give, and just from what you can maybe assume, it looks like it's going to be what should be four episodes of Black Mirror, but like half an hour extended versions. Because typically like black mirror episodes are about 45 minutes to an hour hour 15 maybe so a little bit shorter than what a movie would typically be now it just seems like they're going to take again like a concept from black mirror drag it out a little bit and try to make a return on those like 14 year olds that are trying to get in the halloween spirit of october and just watch something scary so it's probably going to work i mean blumhouse is very good at just making things that people see and they're like ah whatever so I don't. it's probably going to be fine. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to like them. I also don't think I'm going to loathe them or anything. Um, we'll see. I mean, it, it's whatever. It's new stuff. So I don't know how much you can really complain at this point. Again, that'll be October 6th and October 13th. They'll be getting four movies from Blumhouse on Amazon Prime. Uh, another trailer that came out today is The Comeback Trail. This one will be coming to theaters November 13th. This is a remake of the 1982 film and the synopsis for it, same as the original. Uh, two movie producers who owe money to the mob set up their aging movie star for an insurance scam to try and save themselves, but they wind up getting more than they ever imagined. Great cast attached to this one. The original, I wouldn't say it was a bust or anything. I just don't think it was like a crazy big-time movie. They had Hugh Hefner in it, but obviously rest in peace to him. We will not be able to have him in the remake. Uh, This one, this time around stars Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, and Zach Braff. Uh, from what the trailer kind of made it seem, and I don't think there's any reason to think otherwise, Robert De Niro and Zach Braff will serve as the movie producers. Morgan Freeman will be a member of the mob, and Tommy Lee Jones will be the uh, the movie star as well. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be the funniest movie ever. It doesn't look like it's going to be the best movie ever. It looks like it's far from the worst movie ever, but who knows? Maybe it's terrible. Maybe it's hilarious. Uh, but again, that will be coming November 13th. That's it for movie news. Uh, Again, like I said, it's pretty short this week. And then even next week, really don't have anything coming out over the weekend. Uh, There are obviously a few things here and there. It just depends on uh, if you're super cinephile or not. Um, But hopefully you're able to take this time. If theaters are just now opening up for you, if you are just starting to feel comfortable getting back into the theater, or even if you just need some time to catch up on some things that you've been missing over the last few weeks or few months, whatever the case may be, try and catch up on some things. Again, whether that's streaming or getting back into the theater, uh, hopefully you're able to take the time to do that. As for what I will be reviewing in the coming weeks and even just next week, I'm on a week-to-week basis at this point. And I hate to say it, I like to give you guys a little bit of a heads up or a warning as to what I'll be talking about next week so you can either watch it with me or you can just put yourself in the mindset of how you felt when you watched that movie yourself. Um, But until theaters open back up for me, I don't want to commit to something and then have to change it like I do A lot because movie releases are always changing. Um, So right now, like I said, gonna be on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I would love to finally be able to talk about Tenet and The New Mutants and uh, anything else that has come out recently in theaters. I know there's not a ton, but still a few things that I would like to see finally. Um, But again, week-to-week basis on reviews. So moving on from that, talking about what I will be talking about today, starting with Mulan. Finally going to be reviewing Mulan that released on Disney Plus with Premier Access over the weekend. Also has a select theater release if you were able to get a chance to do that. Um, I don't really have a synopsis listed for it. If you haven't seen the original Mulan from 1998, I don't know why you would really care to listen to this new review. If you didn't see the original and you do want to listen to this, go ahead. But definitely want to see the original if you're going to be doing this one. Uh, but that's that. Just starting with that. Uh, then The Owners will be my middle review. That released in theaters and on demand so i got to see it on demand synopsis for the owners a group of friends think that they find an easy score at an empty house with a safe full of cash but when the owners an elderly couple come home early the tables are suddenly turned finally i'm thinking of ending things released on netflix synopsis for it full of misgivings a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to her parents secluded farm upon arriving she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. So those will be the three reviews for today, remember, Dune Trailer Wednesday, and then I'm on a week-to-week basis with the reviews other than that. So without further ado, let's review Mulan. First things first, Mulan is a good movie. When it comes to the animated Disney classics and especially this run of live-action remakes we're on, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia that comes into play. There's also going to be a lot of disdain toward the live-action remakes, simply because they exist. While I can understand why someone may want to feel that way, I can't understand actually feeling that way and not giving something like Mulan a fair shot. Mulan is rated PG-13. It again came out on Disney Plus over the weekend with Premier access or in select theaters around the country. It is directed by Nicky Caro. It is categorized as a drama, action, and war movie that runs one hour and 55 minutes long. And it stars Yifei Liu, Donnie Yen, Li Zhang, Jet Li, and Jason Scott Lee. Milan comes in at a 78% full on the milk meter. Now, I led with that point earlier because, at least from what I've seen, audiences aren't very fond of Disney's most recent live-action remake. Milan may not include Mushu, and it may not feature any music, but I thought they adapted the original fairly well given these changes, telling a darker and more hardened story than the original. I thought it made sense to take out the songs and focus on the strength and courage of Milan through action. The same goes for Mushu's impact in the original, In telling a different kind of story, I thought they did a good job of not trying to replicate his comic relief or his actions, but rather suddenly dispersing these things among the other characters. I wouldn't say that I thought these changes were executed perfectly, but for what they were working with, I don't have many complaints in that department. I do, however, have some complaints about the telling of the story as a whole, and for starters longer does not automatically mean better. If you are going to add a half hour to a story we're already familiar with, it needs to be meaningful. I didn't have any major issues with how the story evolved or how it was altered from the original, but there were too many choppy moments that could have been cut to make room for more important moments to be expanded on. Maybe the movie still ends up pushing two hours this way, but at least it doesn't feel like it's dragging on in some sense even watching it at home on my TV, Milan looked beautiful and was very much worth a live-action remake. Depending on how open you are to something different, though, your thoughts on Milan could vary if the original holds a special place in your heart. The owners in The Owners lacked any grounded sense of being creepy horror villains, and the protagonists, if I can get away with calling them that, were just meh. I wasn't put off by anything that I saw in this movie, but there were just a few too many things that didn't quite add up. The Owners, it's not rated, but it's definitely rated R. It is directed by Julius Berg. It is categorized as a thriller and a horror that runs one hour and 32 minutes long, and it stars Maisie Williams, Sylvester McCoy, and Rita Tushingham. The Owners comes in at a 26% full on the milk meter. And I went short, I already gave my review. I wasn't scared or intimidated by the owners because their tactics just led to me scratching my head more than feeling frightened or worried. I thought Maisie Williams played off of them well by acting more confused and weirded out than she was scared, but that definitely wasn't enough to help me buy into everything that was going on around her. Now, as for her colleagues, I just didn't really feel anything. They weren't all that intimidating when they were on the offensive, and they were corrupted pretty easily when it got down to crunch time. Did the owners suck? No, a bad score doesn't always mean that I hated the movie or that it was a complete and utter disaster. It just means it wasn't good. Sure, the B-story and attempted twist ending were horrifically executed, but at the same time, it was played off as such an afterthought that I can't even say it had an impact on my score. See the owners if you'd like, but if I had to guess, it will likely end up being a pretty forgettable experience. I've said it many times before that I'm not one for overly subjective films. That's not to say that they're not good, or that I can't appreciate them at times, or even that I can't understand when one is well made despite not particularly enjoying it. Knowing this about myself, I'm Thinking of Anythings is hands down one of the most difficult to discuss abstract films I've reviewed. I'm Thinking of Anythings is rated R. It is directed by Charlie Kaufman. It is categorized as a drama and a thriller that runs 2 hours and 14 minutes long, and it stars Jesse Buckley. Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. I'm Thinking of Ending Things comes in at a 54% full on The Milk Meter. I'll start by saying this. I'm Thinking of Ending Things is far from a turn-your-brain-off kind of movie. That's not to say that my expectations were such, but you very much need to be in the mood for some deep, artistic, what-exactly-is-life kind of thinking if you're going to watch this. My thoughts on the general message of the movie, for example, were that there is beauty in the bleakness and sophistication of feeling stuck in life. Obviously, any abstract message will invoke a different emotion or thought from one person to the next, but that's something that I took away from the film. As for what was actually happening on screen, I can't say that I felt incredibly invested in any part of this movie. Now, that may sound harsh and it doesn't feel particularly good to say, but as I mentioned before, Overly subjective films and I don't always mesh the best. Maybe this says more about me than it does about this movie or another, but especially in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, I just found it difficult to follow one overarching message. This could have been a result of several sophisticatedly dull characters purposefully portraying the oxymorons that complicate life, or it could have been the cluttered story that didn't lend itself a fair on-screen adaptation from paper to screen. If that was at all confusing, good. That's how I felt watching this movie. I'll end with this. At one point in the movie, the father talks about his distaste for abstract paintings. He prefers paintings to appear more like photographs, with people and faces to tell you what emotions to feel and what thoughts to think. Even after sharing his thoughts and receiving an educated rebuttal, he doubles down on his stance. In a way, it felt like this was meant to serve as a slap in the face to people who need things to be more spelled out for them in art whether it's a movie, a book, a painting, or whatever form of art a message can be taken away, it just seemed like the story was trying to talk down to anyone who struggles to comprehend a deeper level of thinking through art. Maybe it was just that moment, or maybe I'm overthinking it. But either way, you most definitely want to be prepared for some deep thinking if you plan on watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things. That's all I have for news and reviews this week. Obviously, everything was pretty short, so I appreciate you guys following along this week, as I do every week. Uh, Nothing really coming out this week except for the Dune trailer on Wednesday. So obviously with uh, no real new movies, be sure to catch up on anything that you might have missed over the last few weeks, the last few months, or anything you've just been keeping uh, the side of your plate for who knows how long. Get it done. Uh, I will keep you guys in the loop too with what I will be reviewing next week. Whenever theaters open up, I will be sure to get back and see some new stuff. I'll keep you guys in the loop, like I said. Uh, With the weekend watch, when I put that out, or even with my streaming picks of the week, um, maybe I'll let you guys know there what I'll be able to talk about next week. So, uh, With that, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends if you haven't done so already. I have links in the description of every episode so you can easily access my Twitter, easily access the website, or even just these specific reviews if you want to check out the written version of each review. Uh, So that's that. Thank you guys for listening. Hasta la vista.